to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. Oftentimes, the hustle and bustle of business, the busyness of work gets in the way of our ability to focus clearly on our business because we're so busy working in our business. So how do we stay focused on these tasks? How do we continue to drive forward, to move forward? I'm going to offer up five suggestions of things that you can do to help stay focused on your business whenever you're still working in your business to make sure that you continue to move forward and you don't simply plateau. The first thing I'm going to mention is write out all of the tasks that you have. Document these things. Write them all out so you can see them right in front of you. And then the second piece to that is, number two, simply prioritize those tasks. And both of those seem pretty simple. And oftentimes, many of us are already doing those things, but we feel like we're not getting anywhere. So why? Well, let's look at these next three. Number three is define what success or completion looks like for each of these tasks. So you've written them all out and then you've prioritized them. You've listed them in order of what's going to be most important. Some of these things are going to be fairly simple, very straightforward. It's either done or it's not. Checkbox. But some things are a little more challenging than that. Some tasks aren't quite as as clear cut as that. So you've got to define and really document what does completion look like? What does success look like in that? And then the fourth thing is document how you will execute on those tasks. So don't just think about it, but actually write it down. In order for me to complete this task, this is what success looks like. And then I'm going to document that. I want to document what I'm going to do, what steps I'm going to take to complete those things. And then number five is communicate this with your team. This helps you be more accountable because you've told other people what's going to happen. It helps them hold you accountable. It holds them accountable. And everyone knows and everyone's on the same page as to exactly what to expect, exactly what we're doing to move forward and and what our priorities are and what we should be focusing on. And this will help us as we get distracted by the day-to-day busyness and, and as we need to make sure that we're continuing to move forward in our business. On today's show, we have Eric Leslie, who is an expert on uh, mindfulness and and how uh, we can actually get control of uh, the mental aspect in life and in business and how we can use this to be more intentional with the things that we do in life and in work. I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode as we talk through some of these things and how we can control this in our own mind. But Those are some basic things that I'm going to recommend that you do to help make sure that you continually move forward. Please, please, uh, I'd love if you would leave us a note or a comment and uh, be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're getting it, whether that's iTunes or elsewhere. And also, if you have any comments, any questions, any suggestions, I would love to hear those. You could reach out to us directly at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Have an amazing day and enjoy today's episode. I want to thank you so much for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint podcast. And we're joined by our friend Eric Leslie out of Texas, um, who uh, has a really neat journey and uh, has been able to really transform some companies and the way that they do things. And so, um, Eric, I'm going to turn it over to you. Why don't you walk us through uh, your history, experience, and kind of what your journeys looked like and what has ultimately led to where you are now? Yeah, well, I grew up as an athlete. And so my dad was all. His life. So what he was teaching was through sports, teaching 
just the mental side, the psychological side, and how that impacted the body and how that impacted your performance. And so through the years, uh, I started using certain tools and techniques to, to um, help myself. But I've also then discovered that um, if you get a team or a group together and do that, and everybody starts to get on the same page, it's even more fun. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of people have heard of getting in the zone. And, and um, there's actually, and so they call it flow. But there's actually group flow as well. So if everybody kind of gets on the same page, man, that gets really cool. And there's a lot of good research that a lot of people don't know about with that. And so, um, you know, we went in uh, the last five years or so. Um, I've done a lot of research and I've worked with a lot of different teams within the military and some hospital teams. And when people start, it doesn't even take that many people in some ways. That's the crazy part. When they start doing these techniques and start setting intentions and clear goals on, um, on some of these skills that we have mm-hmm. uh, skills, just like, like I said, clear goals or focus and concentration. That's a, a dying art in some ways. Mm-hmm. They start to become a lot happier and a lot more productive at their jobs. And uh, it's a really neat how they're transforming teams and what teams are doing. Yeah. And <clears throat> So, uh, you know, uh, thinking from the business owner perspective, I mean, we tend to um, be constantly scattered and putting on different hats. We've got different things going on all the time. And so sometimes it's difficult for us just to get focused, let alone uh, figure out how to get our team focused and and kind of concentrated in one specific area or or focus on a common goal. So let's start with us as individuals. I mean, what are some things that we can do to make sure we – uh, remain focused and, and can and can really hone in on on a specific task or, or hone in on a specific vision or goal that we have. Yeah, I, uh, that's great. So what I find myself doing is I ask myself what it, what are the range of things that I can do this week? Mm-hmm. What are the range of things I might have ten? Usually, as a business owner, I have about forty or fifty, right? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and you could have that many, but at least I spit them all out on the piece of paper. You know, it might only take five or 10 minutes. Um, and if you can't remember them all, well, then either you need to do something to jog that memory or you need to actually then it, it, maybe they're not that important. Mm-hmm. So get them all listed out and then prioritize them. So I often find myself once a week doing that. What is priority this week? What should I mainly be focused on? Mm-hmm. And so I get we're talking clear goals again. So I get those goals and how am I going to execute them? And then the same thing for my team. So I have a small team. There are about four or five people that work with me. Some are part-time, some are are, uh, full-time. And so then asking them, what do you have for this week? What do you think you can accomplish? And spitting, they'll spit back their goals or what they're trying to do that week as well. Okay. So we got these couple things. You think you can do that? I don't know. That's a lot this week try to do that. Okay. You got a priority of what you might need to do. Yeah, I do. These things are going to come first. Okay, great. We'll check in at the end of the week and kind of see where we are. Do we need to adjust fire? Do we need to add more, take away less? Did something not get prioritized? And we found a lot of that in, in what happens in hospitals or even the military, everything becomes a priority. And if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one thing I want to touch on as well. So, I mean, you've, you've had experience in a lot of different types of sectors. So, I mean, when you talk about military and you talk about hospital and you talk about sports teams, 
you know, one of the things that we find is very common is every business owner believes their business is unique. Their industry is different. Their business is different. Um, and that no one, you know, it's impossible to relate and understand to that. The types of people you're working with, I mean, you talk about um, dynamic differences and the types of industries those are. So what are the commonalities that you see in that that can help the team as a whole or the organization as a whole remain focused towards that common vision? Yeah. So first of all, it's, it's making sure your leaders are clear. Uh, you would not, you would be surprised. Many people make the assumption that, oh, my guys, I gave them a vision statement at the you know, beginning of the year. Oh, when was that? Oh, it's like six months ago. <laughs> six months ago? You think that they even, do you even remember it, let alone them? Right. So where are these little things you can do to remind yourself of what that is? And so I think also many times there's what we need to do versus what we're trying to, to be. So mm-hmm. for example, I need to do so many phone calls this week, mm-hmm. but what is it that I'm trying, what is my actual vision? You know, for me and my team, it is to spread some of the mental skills, mindfulness being a, a big part of what we do mm-hmm. and mindfulness-based programs, but really helping resilience and high performance. Mm-hmm. So not only can you do that in sports teams or hospitals or the military, but also businesses. You know, how do some of the top CEOs function? They actually function very similar to athletes. Mm-hmm. And so just yeah. getting straight on, you know, what it is you need to do and does everybody understand that? Because see, people don't act because you told them to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, people act because of the why. Mm-hmm. So when Apple sells their computers, they don't say sell. We have a unique computer. It's a, it's a Macintosh. And let me show you why it's unique. You don't hear Apple saying that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. They say, listen, we're making a user interface that's going to be intuitive. And our vision is to really sell you the best product there is. Mm-hmm. And so Apple has a unique way of giving their vision to people. It's more of a story format a lot of times than it is a, yeah. hey, what is this and, and how do I use it? It's the why. Why do you want to buy Apple? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the same way when we're building our businesses. Yeah. Well, and, and do you find that, uh, you know, the, the way I often talk about it, you know, is in the absence, um, uh, in the absence of direction, people are going to create their own. And so if we have not given that vision, if we've not outlined that for our team, um, there is an inherent risk that they're going to start to create their own plan and their own direction. Um, what happens in those situations and how do we avoid that? Well, so we could talk about what happens. Well, let's talk about first how to avoid that. So, and, and in my line of work, we don't look at, at what not to do. We look at what to do. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, don't do this, right. what is it actually you want to do? Because uh, the brain really will start to generate stuff itself. So if I say, don't think of an elephant, an elephant potentially could come to mind. You have a more of an idea. Right. But if I say, think of a giraffe, then that giraffe probably came to mind. And that's really what where I want my focus. So the way that we avoid it, and here's the deal, is that whether you're doing goals as a coach at the beginning of the year or, or the military setting their vision at the beginning of the year, we see them, they set these goals or the visions, and then they don't touch them again. And goals and visions are really something that should change over time. Sometimes they're very small changes. And in companies where you're already going, it's like having a big boat, a big ship, you can't make a 90 degree turn all of a sudden. So if you have more of a, uh, a vision already and you've been moving, 
Don't look to make that 90 degree turn. That's too much for you. You have to do small changes over time. Mm -hmm. And so really look at how can your vision or your story or your goals change over time. And you should be consistently saying them every week, every month. Did you remind people of what they're trying to do? Right. All Tesla wants to do, for example, is make a fun car. That's it. They want to make a fun car. But now they got, a, they got the electric cars, the cars that do all these different things, but they only had one vision in mind. Mm-hmm. Southwest Airlines, for many years, I think they're getting away from this, unfortunately, but was, it was just, we're the low-fare low airline. Right. If it doesn't match up with low fares, we don't necessarily do it. We don't implement that. Mm-hmm. And so every one of their employees knew that. And many times they didn't need to go to the CEO to make decisions because they all knew that. And so those are the types of things that we're wanting to generate in our own businesses, because if people get really excited, especially your employees, and they get really excited about that vision or even a little excited, you have your odds go way up for success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, when obviously the, the one of the many challenges that, that a lot of people face in business is, um, They've got a vision. They've got a really good idea of how it should look and what to do with that. But they don't necessarily know how to implement that with their team, how to get them to understand it. And, um, um, you know, generally what we find is is just kind of a lack of, of quality and effective communication from the top down. I think that, um, especially from my own experience, because those those things have come up even for me, somebody who knows a lot of these skills. It really is, is a continual refining. It's okay to make mistakes. Um, I think you want to push it by several uh, good people. Sometimes they're in your organization. Sometimes they're not. Yeah. You'll give it to somebody who doesn't know very much about what you're doing and, and see if they can understand it. And don't get frustrated if they can't. Just find out where those, those gaps are mm-hmm. and continue to refine. I think that we often, in our heads... It's done. It's here. I already know what I want to do. I'm just frustrated because nobody else is getting on board here. Well, it, that's okay. Kind of say that. Say, hey, listen, I don't, I don't know if you quite understand yet, but let's see where we can, as we go forward, fill in some of those gaps. And, you know, you're continually finding multiple different ways to explain your message. So it might be an email. It might be a phone call. It might be a little face-to-face meeting. You know, sometimes people even... You know, once you, I'm not promoting drinking by any means, but once you kind of have a beer with somebody or just in more in a relaxed environment, mm-hmm. a lot of times people will open up a little bit more. And, oh, you know what? I didn't really understand this. Or what are we trying to do here? And, um, you know, and I think in some ways just getting them continually excited about, about what you're doing. You know, um, it could be something even boring like tax audits and being like, well, you know, I, I know for me, I hate my taxes. If, if you can make that half as painful for me, I'm actually excited about taxes now. And I hate taxes. So, yeah. well, well, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. But that's the type of thing you're going for, you know? Right. If, hey, you can get people excited about taxes. If you're doing something cool, then, or even halfway cool, man, people are going to get on board. So, you know, I, I think it's just continuing to communicate in multiple different ways and sometimes get them involved, have them spit it back to you. Yeah. Hey, what? It, okay, so I sent you that email. What did you think last week? Or, you know, how did your goals go last week? Did they line up with the vision? Did they line up there? And so if they can tell you and start to teach it back to you, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you got somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's really good. And one one thing that you mentioned in there that I, I want to make sure to hit on is, um, you know, sometimes maybe running these things and these ideas by people even outside of your company, um, because we sometimes think that the only people that really understand what we're doing are people that are in our industry or are are within our company. Um, to which point, uh, maybe kind of leading into the challenges that you're facing anyway, because if the only people that can understand it are those that are intimately knowledgeable about what you do and how you do it, then then there is a, a, a challenge in anyone outside, potentially clients, and being able to understand that. But <clears throat> I think there's a lot of value in so many areas of business. And we talk about this oftentimes um, whenever it comes to talent acquisition and team building even. Um, talk to people outside of the business to find out, uh, you know, what you need, what is the culture of your business? What is the experience that people have whenever they walk in your business? Um, there's so many different aspects that you are too close to it to ever be able to understand. And so the same holds true here when you've got a vision and you're trying to cast this vision to the team, um, uh, whether it be because you need your team to get behind an idea or a concept or because you need to figure out how we're going to relate that to potential clients or customers, when we can talk to people outside of the business that don't have that that same level of knowledge, it's such an eye-opener and something that I think is really important in that, um, you know, you'd mentioned don't get frustrated if they don't understand it and maybe even take that to the next level to say, take notes of what they didn't understand and what they did understand. So when they give you the debrief and you say, well, I've got this vision and this is what it looks like and you give them a five-minute uh, monologue and they say, oh, okay, so basically, and they break that down into two sentences, that's the time to take notes because... Whatever you said, these are the key points that they heard. And um, I think there's a ton of value in, in uh, business leaders talking to people outside of their business and even outside of their industry and even that have no understanding of what they're doing at all um, because there's, there's such an amazing way to refine our message whenever we're doing that because it causes us to kind of quote dumb things down. And, and, and I say that in a good way. And um, so I think there's a lot of value in that, that, that people uh, should be able to take that, that don't hesitate to reach out to people outside to talk to them about these things. Yeah. And I mean, I think so many times, so when we have new recruits coming in to my job, they're fresh out of grad school or maybe they got their, doctorate or something, we often say, listen, you can't speak to, we know what you're talking about when Mm. you use big psychological words, but you need to speak right into about the fifth, sixth grade level. And it's not to demeanor the audience, but the audience needs to understand. They might not know what some of the theories we talk about or those types of things are. And, you know, Bill Gates for, for many years, and I think he'd still say this is I built Microsoft on the feedback and the criticism that my customers gave me. My customers built the business in so many ways and my disappointed customers did. And I just listened to the feedback. And so it's like that, whether it's somebody outside of your business, within your business or whatever, it's it's nothing on you. Like don't take it in an ego way. Like, oh, I didn't do a good enough job. Let go of the ego a little bit more. You're, you're hoping to try to do something for you know, the masses a little bit more, not something just for yourself. You're, you're giving a service or a product. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Do you, one of the, one of the pitfalls that I often see uh, when people are trying to cash this vision or they're trying to create this, um, these ideas and concepts in their business is <clears throat> it consistently and always comes directly from that, that leader of the organization. Um, 
and it either gets watered down or it becomes just kind of background noise uh, or, or we find ourselves in these kind of meaningless meetings um, where we're trying to um, push our agenda on people. Um, and, and it can almost, not almost, it can become a hindrance to that progress as opposed to actually benefiting the progress. Um, are there any steps, I mean, have, is this something that you've seen? And, and, and if so, what, what steps can we take uh, to prevent that from happening? Yeah. So I like to talk, uh, one of those things is like start soft and hard skills. Mm-hmm. And so soft skills are more like, Hey, I'm patient with you. I'm, I'm, I know I'm more emotionally intelligent with you. I would also be going by more of your internal motivation. So trying to find what you value or why you wanted to work here, those types of things and moving you that way instead of, and, and some, and the, really the masters go back and forth, mm-hmm. right? So they have the soft skills and they have the hard skills. Hard skills are more like, listen, we got this deadline it's next week. You got to meet that deadline. And there are times like that. And you got to be a little bit hard on people. And you got to say, you know, this is the common business acronym, maybe even mentioning some consequences that could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, consequences can be good or bad, but good or bad consequences on, on what could happen if we can't get that done or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and both of them work. Um, but it's, it's the, the true good business owner. A lot of these, they go back and forth and what you hear, at least what we've heard in a lot of these good um, corporations and organizations is that, you know, if it's a bad or dysfunctional one, the leaders tend to blame the workers or they tend to blame the mid managers or whatever. And they're pointing the finger over there and guess what they're doing. They're pointing it back at them and saying, well, we don't have good leadership. And so now nothing's getting done. We just got a bunch of people looking at each other going, well, you're not very good at this. And so we, in my organization, in my line of work, we then isolate that and we say, hey, you can't control necessarily what the other does. You can influence it, but you can't control. Right. And so what those great organizations end up doing is they empower each other, whether it be skills or whether it be books or whatever, you know, it could be character. A lot of times it ends up being just character development. If your employees aren't growing or you're not growing, there's an issue. Your business should be, should you should be growing every week. And so those great businesses point to each other and go, I didn't, I couldn't have done this alone without my team. And they go, we couldn't have done this without you. You were the leader. And I go, no, in all humbleness, this was you. And a lot of those principles even come from good to great. If you've read that book, that's that's a great book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good, really good point. Um, and I, I, I certainly, uh, you know, really buy into and believe in the need for humble leadership. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've got to, um, you know, it's like a, like a great, uh, uh, coach, you know, and you hear coaches give the team credit when they win and they take the blame when they lose, when they lose. And, um, you know, the same holds true in business. I believe we have to, uh, give, give, that credit out whenever the things are going well because they've executed, they've implemented, they've done all these things. And when things aren't going well, then we've got to look internally and figure out what could, what could I as the leader have done differently? Um, yeah. So that's really good. Um, Eric, you know, this is a very um, unusual interest that you have here in a very unusual area of expertise. So I have to ask uh, kind of going back a little bit through your journey, what, what has led you to this being an area that's such an, uh, an area of focus for you? 
Well, I think first of all, I started to implement it as an athlete and I didn't know at first I kind of did because I had some head problems and, in football. So I, and I went into college baseball, but I was having some of those head problems because I got concussions in football as a quarterback and a pitcher. Yeah. So I started to do some meditative techniques. Uh, a lot of them came from mindfulness. This is like 2003 type of area. So uh, quite a while ago, uh, I started experimenting with some of this in 2001, but got more serious around three because of my head injuries. And um, I discovered that I was, my grades were getting better. My sport performance went up and I didn't know what it was at first. It wasn't like, Oh yeah, I'm meditating. I'm, you know, meditating. That's why. Mm -hmm. And meditation isn't this like woo woo thing. It's something, it's just focus. It's just learning to focus your attention and learning to focus your breath, your breath you need for all sorts of things in the body. Mm -hmm. And so if you can learn to do that, you become much more efficient in all these areas. And then talk about flow states, you know, flow states are, are amazing. These are these things that you can just, you exercise for 30 minutes and you can get into the space where it's just, you're really, really happy and your thoughts really slow down. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what happens in, in meditation, but it was starting to bleed into my athletic performance, into my, um, into my other lives where I had challenges and I normally would get upset or frustrated. I wasn't, I still do, but I'm just saying it happened less. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes too, I guess sometimes it's perceiving like frustration or feedback or criticism Mm-hmm. more the way it should be. It's like, ah, how is this going to guide me? How is this going to help me? Because it is somehow. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't always. And so discard it. But a lot of times it's not being all up tight into your ego or, you know, just being able to perform under pressure more. So I started to discover that. And I thought, is there research out there for this? And there was. And I thought, I wonder if I teach this to athletes because I'm performing much better. And so as I started to get older, I thought, let's teach this to the teams and yeah. let's see. And now some teams I found not everybody wants to, to do some of it, mm-hmm. but I'm talking, if you even get 10, 20%, especially, you know, who tends to be really good is your good athletes or your yeah. good business performers tend to go, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. this is, I get what you're doing. This is what I need. And oftentimes that's all you need. Mm-hmm. But what we're finding more and more is even like, for example, hospitals or military soldiers, Got people that you wouldn't think necessarily would be into some of this, mm-hmm. they get, they start to get real into it. You know, 50 to 75% of these people get on board. And again, you're learning to focus. So once you learn to focus and then you set clear goals, things start to change almost not overnight. We look for small changes, but those small changes add up. And then there's a big change that comes. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden somebody goes, well, what, what, what happened? What do we do? Well, we just, hit it with some, with some things over time. It's kind of like water going over rock, you know, at first it doesn't look like it's doing much, but after a while it'll start to cut away at that rock. Yeah. Yeah. That's really neat. I, you know, so I had a, a coach uh, whenever I was in high school that was really into this and um, <clears throat> kind of my first experience with that, he would get us together before, meets and um we would take about 30 to 45 minutes uh and he would he, and and that was kind of what he would do i mean we would work us through this exercise of uh trying to get our mind very focused and so it was quiet dark get it very focused on what we were about to go do and um 
which always played better for me because I, I, my, my type of intensity is not a high adrenaline intensity um, when it comes to sports. So I'm, I'm the guy in the locker room that's like yawning and stretching as opposed to getting jacked up and hitting my head up against the locker. Yeah. And, um, and so I always really enjoyed that approach because it was very much like, okay, we're going to just calm the body and get the mind focused on what we're about to do here. And, um, and so that was my first experience with that. And admittedly, as a sophomore in high school, it was very voodoo-ish, but you could see the difference um, yeah. and certainly feel the difference as, you know, we'd go out and compete. And so I, um, uh, you know, I think it's really interesting and it's not something that we oftentimes think about in business, but the exact same principles hold true when we can take that time to, um, uh, to to kind of calm our body, to focus our mind, and really understand what we are setting out to do on a daily basis. Um, some amazing things can happen. And then, to your point, being able to do kind of that same thing with a team of people to say, we collectively need to be focused on this. And if we collectively are focused on this every day, week, month, and year, um, then we're going to accomplish some amazing results. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Eric, I really, really appreciate you sharing some of this information. I think just, you know, uh, helping understand um, how to focus in, in, in an environment where there's typically a lot of uh, chaos and there's things happening all the time and then being able to communicate and cast a vision for people the right way. Uh, so just some great information in there. So thank you so much. Um, yeah. Before we head out of here, how can we learn more about you uh, and, and some of the things that you're doing and um, and connect with you. Yeah. So, uh, my, my consulting business is satimind.com. So that's S A T I M I N D.com. And then, uh, I also have a personal website. It's Eric E R I K Leslie L E S L I E.com. And, uh, you know, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube, all those things as well. So, yeah. Well, Eric, thank you so much. This is great. I uh, really appreciate yeah. uh, your mission and your vision of, of trying to get this information out there and how it can help people in all sectors and all walks of life. So thank you so much yeah. for coming and, and sharing with us and uh, about how we can do this within business as well. You're welcome. Thank you, Kyle. appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit KyleGorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Yeah.